You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. Do you struggle with self-doubt? Do you know you could be doing so much more in your career if you were only a little more confident? If that sounds like you, then listen up because in this episode, I've got some surefire tips that'll help you to boost your self-confidence. Welcome to Success Unlimited with Dr. Patricia Thompson. If you want to be more successful while also being happier at work and at home, you're in the right place. We'll be covering research along with little tweaks, tips, and hacks that will help you to fulfill your potential in the business world without sacrificing your peace of mind. Okay, so from listening to other episodes, you might have heard that I'm a corporate psychologist. And because of that, I have the privilege of being able to coach a lot of very smart, talented, and accomplished people, helping them to be even more smart, talented, and accomplished. And when I'm coaching someone, one of the things that really tends to strike me as most unfortunate is when I'm working with someone who has everything going for him or her, but they're missing out on opportunities because they lack confidence. Just the other day, I was talking with someone who was really well-liked in her department, and she's seen as someone who's very intelligent, very capable, and, you know, just generally on top of things. You know, the kind of person you can assign something to, and you know you're going to get something top-notch in return. And aside from that, people liked her. She's a genuinely kind person, and she builds really great relationships, and is just kind of a fun person to be around. So with all of this going on for her, you would think that she would feel pretty good about herself, right? You know, she'd believe in her opportunity to be able to rise to challenges, and she would feel really positively about her future. Wrong. (laughs) Actually, in meetings, she's the kind of person who has ideas, but tends to be too scared to voice them for fear that others might disagree with her. Um, You know, when she's had new opportunities to stretch herself that have come up, she would often be pretty reluctant to go after them because she wasn't sure if she could do it. And she's the sort of person that constantly questions herself, wondering if she has what it takes to be able to accomplish the career goals that she has set for herself. So this is the kind of person that, although she's doing well, she's still underperforming compared to what she could be doing. And although she has a lot of the raw materials to become a leader, others in the business have some reservations about her simply because of her lack of confidence. And unfortunately, this sort of scenario isn't an uncommon one. In so many cases, the person who has the confidence to actually be proactive and go after things can finish ahead of the person who has all sorts of amazing skills, but whose lack of confidence holds him or her back from trying. Or, you know, maybe their self-doubt causes other people to doubt them, when in reality, they have much of what they need to be successful. So if you or someone you know is missing out on opportunities to make a bigger impact in the world or to achieve more of your goals because you lack confidence, then listen in because I've got six research-based strategies that are going to help you to get to the root of the issue so that you can be well on your way to having a more positive view of yourself. So um, let's dive in. So the first strategy, you've probably heard of it before, is to just become aware of your self-talk and then challenge it. 
So all day, we tend to have a soundtrack of thoughts running in the background of our minds, and they tend to be habitual, and they tend to come in a pretty typical pattern. So it's kind of like the thoughts you think today tend to be similar to the ones you thought the day before and the day before that. They'll probably be similar to the ones that you think tomorrow unless you do something about it. Um, And so if you struggle with confidence, you might tend to think thoughts like, you know, I'm terrible at small talk. Or that's a dumb idea, I'm not going to say it. Or, you know, I don't think I have what it takes to do that. And typically, we tend to respond to those kinds of thoughts as if they're gospel truth. So we never question them, we just take them as the way it is. And so the first thing you can do to start to kind of unravel this is to simply start observing how you talk to yourself. So with no judgment, you just kind of notice the sorts of thoughts that you tend to think particularly when you're doubting yourself or struggling with confidence, because that's what we're talking about in this episode. Then what I want you to do is to take on the role of a scientist. So you're going to aim to be as objective, objective and impartial as possible, and then simply question whether what you're saying to yourself is really true. So for example, if you say something to yourself like, I'm always terrible at making small talk, Think about examples that disprove that. So, you know, what about the way you chatted with the barista in the morning? Or how about the morning drive-by conversations with your coworkers? And as you start to notice instances that disprove the ways you discredit yourself, you'll be able to have a more accurate, well-rounded view of yourself. And when you're doing this, a big uh, tip-off is that if you ever hear yourself saying the words always or never, then that's a huge warning sign that you're probably not taking the whole picture into account. You know, those kind of black and white statements are rarely true. And so if you notice yourself doing them, then you'll have a very easy time likely coming up with examples to disprove those types of statements. Okay, so step number one is you're going to observe your self-talk and then learn to challenge it. My second tip is for you to start to talk to yourself like you would talk to a close friend. You know, once you get into the habit of observing and analyzing your thoughts, you might realize that your soundtrack of thoughts that's running through your mind isn't a very nice or supportive one. You know, my experience is that a lot of times we'll say horrible things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to anyone else. But think about it. I mean, you don't deserve that kind of talk any more than anybody else does, do you? It's it's just not right to talk to yourself that way. So what you can do is commit to talking to yourself like you would a close friend or someone else that you care about. You know, show more compassion to yourself. So when you notice that you're beating yourself up, take a step back and say something kinder. Um, You know, things like, you've got this, or Rome wasn't built in a day, or, you know, maybe next time, or you did your best. Um, And then as you do that, across time, your inner soundtrack will change, and then you'll likely find that your confidence also increases. Okay, now tip number three might sound like a weird one, but it's to not talk about yourself in the first person. And so this is a trick you can use when you're feeling, you know, a bit of self-doubt, and it's just not to talk about yourself in the first person. And, And so what do I mean by that? Well, a few years ago, there were some researchers that did an interesting study in which they took a sample of people who were socially anxious, And they wanted to look at how those people regulated their stress in different situations, like, you know, making a first impression or doing public speaking, so in in some stressful situations. And then based on instructions, 
uh, the groups basically handled their self-talk in those situations differently. So one group used first-person self-talk to try and calm themselves down. So they'd say something like, you know, I can do it. Uh, whereas the other group didn't use first person. And so they were told to not use the first person. And so they would say things like, Vanessa, you can do this, or she can do this, but not using the word I. And the researchers found that the people who didn't use the first person were actually rated by outside viewers as doing a better job in the public speaking um, and also in making a first impression. And the people in that group actually reported feeling less stressed than the people in the other group did. Um, the researchers actually also found that the people who didn't use the first person when they were looking ahead to future situations, um, they saw them as more challenging than threatening. So again, it helped them to manage their stress around that. Basically, why this happened was the researchers felt that taking this sort of approach tends to give us a bit of a feeling of distance from a situation, and so it enables you to see it more objectively. Um, so basically, the bottom line is that if you have some sort of stressful event coming up and you need to deal with it or give yourself a little bit of confidence around it, try to avoid using the word I in the, your self-talk and instead use words like you or he or she or you know just your name. Okay, now this next tip is for those times when you're afraid to put yourself out there because you're envisioning how awful you'll feel if things don't go as planned. Um, and it's to watch out for what's called catastrophizing. So this would be the instance where, you know, maybe you want to promote something you're working on on Facebook, but you're reluctant because you don't know how people respond. Or maybe you want to throw your hat in the ring for a new job, but you aren't doing it because of how terrible you think you will feel if you don't get it. Or you have an idea that you think is pretty good, um, but you don't say it out loud in the meeting because you're not sure if it's perfect. So if you're someone who catastrophizes, you're someone who tends to think of the worst case scenario, and then you fast forward to the humiliation, sadness, or shame that you'll feel when things go you know, as terribly as you're envisioning. And because you don't want to feel that way, you decide you'll avoid it altogether by simply not trying. Now, the key to dealing with this is to keep in mind that there are a lot of possible outcomes in a given situation. So, you know, for example, in all the cases that I mentioned a second ago, you know, posting on Facebook, applying for the job, or speaking up, um, I'm sure that the worst case scenario could happen, but a more possible outcome, and probably even a more probable outcome, is that you could actually get what you wanted. You could get a great response on Facebook. You could get the job. Your idea could help to move the conversation forward, or it could even cause a huge breakthrough. But if you never try, you'll never know. And if you're, you know, envisioning this worst case scenario, then, you know, you might show up differently in the meeting, or you might behave differently in the job interview, and you might make it a self-fulfilling prophecy just because of how negatively you're viewing it. Um, you know, research also shows that we really do tend to overestimate how long negative feelings will last after we suffer a disappointment. So although we think we'll be down in the dumps for a really long time, in reality, we tend to be more resilient than we often give ourselves credit for. And so what that means is that even if you do happen to suffer a little embarrassment, and I do know that nobody wants that, but even if you do, you can actually tolerate it. And it probably won't last as long as you think it might. And actually, even if you just let yourself experience it without resisting that emotion, you'll likely find that it passes, you know, even more quickly. So, um, 
you know, if you're catastrophizing, definitely use that as a warning bell and start to look at the situation differently. Um, and that can help to boost your confidence. Okay, tip number five is to try power posing. And, you know, most of people these days have probably heard of it. Um, it comes from the work of psychologist Amy Cuddy. Um, and her TED Talk on the topic has viewed over um, 12 million times. And if you haven't seen it, you know, you might want to check it out. Um, basically, what the research found was that if you put yourself in an expansive physical position for two minutes, it can be linked to greater feelings of confidence. So if you saw Wonder Woman, for example, and you imagine her perched high, looking over the city, you know, with her hands on her hips and her legs spread apart, that would be a power pose position. Um, now, since the original research came out a few years ago, there has been some question about some of the claims, and I, so I do want to acknowledge that. So, for example, in the original study, um, the researchers reported that after you had a power pose for two minutes, your body physiology actually changes so that your cortisol levels go down, those are your stress hormones, and your testosterone levels or your dominance hormones increase. And researchers haven't been able to replicate that part, so there is some question about that. However, what research has found and has been able to replicate is that people who have been power posing feel more powerful. Um, research has also found that they have a higher risk tolerance and they're rated by others as having a better presence. And that's, you know, after they've been power posing, not when they're standing in front of them looking like a superhero. So um, putting yourself in a diminutive pose would have the opposite effect. So, you know, if you're someone who slouches or hunches over your smartphone, um, that's something you definitely don't want to do if you're trying to boost your confidence in the moment. Um, and then my last tip is for those times when you might feel intimidated by someone else. You know, I think in some instances, low confidence can be associated with a fear of rejection. You're simply afraid of being negatively judged by other people. Um, and in a sense, you're really giving them power over you and power to affect how you feel about yourself. Um, and often this power is given before anything even happens. So it's kind of like that catastrophizing I was talking about, if you think about it, where you're, you know, assuming that the person's going to reject you or assuming they're going to think you're, you know, not smart or whatever the soundtrack is playing in your mind. So here's the bottom line that I really want you to think about with this one. We're all just people with various quirks and insecurities. And I can assure you that I've worked with some pretty high-powered people during my career, and they might have seemed intimidating to some, but underneath it all, they're just people, right? They might have the business suit on and, you know, it makes it look like an armor almost, but they've got insecurities too. You know, they have families they care about, they have worries, they have hopes and dreams just like you do, all of that, just like we all do. You know, they go home and they change into shorts or sweatpants. And, you know, even if they're Louis Vuitton sweats, it's still like a normal person. They're just a regular person underneath it all. And that can even, I found, be a good visual. Just picture the person at home looking casual. And it might make them seem a little bit less intimidating. Um, and so instead of letting yourself become intimidated, look for the humanity in other people. Recognize that they're someone's son or daughter or that they're another fellow human being just trying to do their best. And doing that can make them seem less threatening, and it probably will allow you to connect with them on a deeper level, since you'll be interacting with them like an actual person instead of as someone who could potentially reject you. Okay, so those are the six main strategies I wanted to cover, um, but here are two additional ideas that you might want to play around with too, and I'm just going to go over them pretty quickly. <clears throat> 
So the first one is you can keep an ongoing file of your successes. And, you know, you can go all the way back to childhood, you know, thinking about making the honor roll or getting perfect attendance or winning a contest. And then you can fast forward to things like finding your mate or feeling proud because you did something that challenged you or, you know, getting the job that you're in or, you know, whatever it is. And really be generous with the list so you don't have to limit it to, you know, Nobel Prizes or winning the presidency. Um, And what you can do is just keep adding to it across time and then make sure to have it to read through whenever you need a little bit of a boost to remind yourself of all the really great things that you've done. Um, Another idea that's kind of, um, I guess, a different version of this is to make your success a daily sort of activity. So simply note at the end of the day things that you're proud of. And again, these don't have to be big things. You know, um, maybe you made eye contact with the cute guy who works in your office building, or you took a stand in a meeting, or you found the perfect outfit that you feel great in. Just write all those little things, you know, every day, what went well, what do I feel good about? And again, you know, the purpose of this is that you're looking for opportunities to give yourself positive reinforcement and to kind of be your own best friend in a sense. Okay, so anyway, that's it for this episode. Um, I really do encourage you to try out these strategies and let me know how they work for you. Um, If you need some additional help with this, a good uh, suggestion I have is you could take my executive mindfulness course. You can look that up on my website. Um, It helps you to get, you know, a little bit more in touch with your um, think your thought process through the process of mindfulness. And it also helps you to be able to better manage your emotions as well. So I definitely recommend that if you want to go further in depth with this information. Um, Zig Ziglar wrote, you are the only person on earth who can use your ability. I love that quote because it's so true. So I encourage you to stop waiting so that you can make sure that you're taking full advantage of your own abilities. As always, I welcome your feedback, so feel free to send me a tweet at Patricia underscore ATL on Twitter, or visit me on my website at silverliningpsychology.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please like it and share it. I want as many people to be able to benefit from it as possible, so I always appreciate a shout out. That's it, and have a fabulous day.